What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Hey, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks show. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Welcome. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It's finally Friday, football Friday, September the 1st in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 920 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by our good friends over at Lenore Community College. (coughs) Excuse me, my co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. While they'll be joining us at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game, the first birthday game of September, as today is Friday, September the 1st. Man, uh, we are now, guys, we're eight months through 2023. There are only four months left to go. So what? Uh, even I can do that math. Uh, what? Two thirds of the way through. Is that right? Okay, there I went and embarrassed myself mathematically. It's eight twelfths, so four six. So yeah, two thirds. Ah, there you go. Uh, Miss Goodman would be very very proud of me back at North Wilkes High School. We are two thirds of the way through the year. Man, uh, what a what a day yesterday, man. What a fun show yesterday. As uh, I know, you know nothing. Okay, before I even talk about our guests, before anything else, I'm going to probably talk to my first guest about this. But nothing irks me more than when uh, organizations and school systems and all this kind of stuff do the smart thing and say, "Hey, you know what? We want to keep our employees. We want to keep our children. We want to keep our students, our teachers, our administrators safe today." So. You know, there's this tropical storm that's killed people and has been roaring up, you know, out of the Gulf of Mexico. So out of safety, let's go ahead and, you know, let's take a day off, which is what pretty much everybody in our neck of the woods did yesterday, except for the Lenore County Health Department, which is awesome. I'm glad that we still worked yesterday. Yes. But, <laughs> but what, what bugs me is when you get on social media and man, I hate social media and I've gotten to the point where. Just all these people who think they're important because social media has has told them that they're important, uh, or you know, has just led everybody to think. Anyway, long story short, just everybody whining yesterday about you know school being out and everything being closed and all this other stuff. Listen, Lenore County Public Schools, who I'll use for example, and Lenore Community College, they did that out of a safety concern for their students, for their teachers. I have no problem with what they did whatsoever. The problem I have is with people that just want to be, want to whine about something and want to be given uh, everything. And, and just listen, yesterday we are, we should be thankful. Linda and I were talking about this last night or some, some point yesterday. We should be grateful. We should be thankful for what happened yesterday when uh, the good Lord decided to turn uh, a tropical storm Adelia a little bit more to the east 
and uh, we really did avoid a lot of the uh, – we got a lot of rain. Don't get it twisted. We got a lot of rain. But really none of the winds. That's the part that I was uh, surprised by and blessed by the most. But my point but to this whole little rant here is quit whining. You know, and I know Linda's listening to this right now going, oh my God, the king of the whiners, Brian Hanks, and he's telling people to stop whining. I do whine around Linda. That's the reason I know that we're meant to be because she lets me whine and uh, is awesome. Hey, before I get to anything else, uh, well, you know what, because I want to talk about uh, the cops walk last night, but Pam Sheffield was at our thing Tuesday night. Love you, Pam Sheffield. You are amazing. And, uh, <laughs> she was picking on me last night. We were at the cops walk at King's restaurant and she said, uh, something about how I was talking about how I was naming names of everybody that was there. And I knew I was going to forget somebody. Well, guess who I forgot one of our five most important listeners to the show and, uh, Pam Sheffield. So, uh, I did not forget this morning, Pam. Okay. But, uh, man. I'm all over the place. We haven't even told you who's coming on the show yet, but I guess the main thing I want to talk about is, uh, or not that I want to talk about, but just that I want to hit on this point is I really want to thank Jason Bryant for taking over the second hour of yesterday's show. You guys know I've got like 19 jobs and one of them is as a public information officer for Lenore County. So I had an assignment yesterday that I just couldn't avoid that I had to be at. And, uh, my good friend, uh, sales executive to the stars and just all around good guy, Jason Bryant took over the second hour of the show. He had some good guests. He had Matt Beeman in here. Uh, he talked to Matt humans from, uh, the VSEN network, and they did a great job in the second hour of yesterday's show. Uh, in fact, the first time in the history of the show that someone has guest hosted a whole hour. And I really do appreciate Jason for doing that. Uh, but it was, uh, but, uh, again, uh, a bunch of post a postponements. Uh, let me tell you who's coming on the show. Man, I'm all over the place here. Thank you to my uh, bi-antioxidant infusion drink this morning that has uh, got me a little caffeinated. I'm excited about that because I'm going to need it today. I've got a big day myself here, too. Hey, we've got a great show for you today. I know people, I know, Pam, you're probably driving right now, and even you, Keith Spence, you're sitting there just shaking your head going, I feel like I'm on an eight-lane highway, and I've just, you know, uh, jerked the car over three lanes to the left, and then two lanes back to the right, and then five lanes over to the left. That's where we are right now, but it's a, it's going to be a fun show today. Hey, Joining us in, uh, wow, last, less than 10 minutes or so from right now, he's our regular Friday guest. He's the best doggone sideline reporter in all of high school football coverage, and he's our NASCAR and Carolina Hurricanes expert. It's the, it's the uh, soon-to-be father, Paul Whittington. We'll get that update from him because there are a couple of significant updates for that. Uh, he's going to get us caught up on the end of the NASCAR regular season last week, uh, the first week of playoffs this week. Uh, he and I, Mark Panicelli, were all texting back and forth with each other during the NC State win in Connecticut last night. Uh, we're going to look forward to some prep football and much, much more. It is football Friday, so in our second hour, we're going to be joined by two coaches getting ready for tonight's games. And i got to tell you, I put out a request, too, for here in our first hour but I didn't put it out to this morning, so if he's not able to do it, it's absolutely fine. But our good friend, uh, Paul Cornwell, of the undefeated Aiden Grifton Chargers, uh, here in our first hour. I haven't heard back from him, but you know what? He is a teacher getting ready for a Friday class after being out yesterday and has uh, two daughters to get ready for school today, too. So if I don't hear from Coach Cornwell, it will be forgiven, but I hope he remembers that uh, 
Uh, he's come on the show uh, two weeks in a row, and they've won both games that he's played. So we'll see. Although I'm not so sure I want that this week since their opponent is going to be Kinston. And their uh, head football coach is Ryan Diesel Gieselman, the head coach of those Kinston Vikings. He'll be our first guest in the second hour. He'll be joining us on the Spence Automotive guest line. Uh, again, the Vikings, they travel to Pitt County to take on Paul Cornwell's undefeated Aiden Griffin Chargers, one of the best games. I've seen in a long, long time was last week when uh, when the Kenson Vikings held off Green Central after taking a 21 to eight halftime lead, and uh, and then like I said, just holding off uh, Green Central in the second half. A heck of a game. Jay Wilson had his guys uh, coached up. Ryan Diesel Geesman had his guys coached up. And as we tried to tell you in the pregame show last week, a heck of a game and a uh, great job by both of those squads there. But uh, but Ryan Diesel Geeson will be joining us about five minutes to our second hour. And then around 20 minutes or so into our second hour, Will Harrell, the head coach of the South North Blue Devils, he'll be joining us to preview uh, his team's game against the Dixon Bulldogs. Man, I dug up some numbers this morning on that rivalry or on that uh, series that I think is going to surprise you a little bit. Sorry, I had to have a sip of... Uh, my tasty beverage this morning. Okay, uh, as you know, no football last night. We did originally have three games scheduled for last night, and uh, the big news out of all that, for me at least, and for us here on 960BetOnTheBull.com, is that our Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week was supposed to be Wake Christian at Parrot Academy. It has been canceled, not postponed, but canceled. Uh, the game will not be made up. <clears throat> because it was the last regular season game for uh, both season or well, not regular season, but pre-conference game for uh, both teams. It was going to be an eleven-man game, and I don't blame uh, Matt Beeman whatsoever from Arundel Parent Academy for not wanting. To, well, they were trying to reschedule it for tonight. Let me say that they did try to get it rescheduled for tonight, but because of uh, lack of officials, and that's something we've talked about in the past here on the show. That uh, this is one of those times when. Uh, a lack of officials has reared its ugly head or just the decline of officials uh, and unable to uh, play their game. And uh, Jason Bryant talked about it yesterday. I can't say it better than him. If you want to hear all the reasons why uh, we can't do a game tonight, it is because something contractually obligated and all this other stuff. But uh, long story short, we will not have a game tonight here on uh, betonthebull.com or uh, on 960 AM. Uh, Oh, my. We are uh, experiencing some technical difficulties right now, it appears. And we will try to get this bad boy figured out here. And I'll tell you what, so while we are doing that, why don't we... Uh, why don't we uh, get, a co get a John and Jonathan in here and... Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, Woodman and some of our sponsors. I got to tell you, I've had my life insurance with Woodman Life for more than 10 years, and I absolutely could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woodman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community, as evidenced by its donations of American flags to every group, organization, church, or government agency that needs one right here in eastern north carolina thank you so much to danny rice jared edwards and woodman life for sponsoring 
The Brian Hanks Show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston. It's right beside Highland Furniture across from Cell Auto Mall. For more than 60 years, Davis Wholesale Tire has been going the extra mile for you. Thank you to Davis Wholesale Tire for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show, Friday Night Football here on The Bull, and our weekly basketball broadcast right here on 960 The Bull and 960TheBull.com. Stop by and see the experts at Davis Wholesale Tire on Highway 70 in Kinston for your next set of new or used tires. Preparation, persistence, sense of purpose. Qualities that lead to victories on the field of play and qualities that create winners in the classrooms of Lenore County Public Schools. We pursue excellence. In 14 different varsity sports and scores of academic and technical programs, we rise to the test. We are Team LCPS. John Dawson, let me tell you about Downey's Protection Systems. Preach it, brother. There you go. Downey's Protection Systems of Kinston. They've been servicing eastern North Carolina for more than 30 years. I got to tell you, John, I judge a house or a home here in Kinston or Lenore County if I don't see that little depth sign in the front yard of their house. You break in. <laughs> that's, that's it exactly. Listen, Depths specializes in residential and commercial installation and service of security systems, fire alarm systems, camera systems, and access control. For more information for a consultation, please visit depthsnet.com. That's D-E-P-S-Net.com. And this is the truth. You tell them, John Dawson. That's right. Before I even turned on the power at my house, what was the first call I made? Depths. That's it. I call Downey's Protection System. So if you want your house protected as well as mine is protected, call Tom Vermillion and the folks over at Downey's Protection Systems. A Rental Parrot Academy is the largest independent, non-sectarian college prep school in the region. Located on a beautiful 80-acre campus in Kinston, Parrot draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including Kinston, Greenville, Snow Hill, Newburn, Wilson, Goldsboro, Trenton, Maysville, Jacksonville, and maybe Hookerton. Parrot Academy remains steadfast in its purpose of providing the best possible instruction and learning environment for its students. Arendelle Parrot Academy students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kinston. And welcome back. Uh, still experiencing some technical difficulties trying to get uh, the show back live on there. But if you're listening to the replay, <clears throat> excuse me, at uh, 3 o'clock on uh, 252 ESPN or here on betonthebull.com, then uh, you're really not missing anything then because, uh, hey, we are back now. Uh, I, I have no idea what was going on there, but we are back. I mean, the Comrex was good. The uh, Wi-Fi was good. Maybe I was just a little bit too caffeinated this morning and uh, unable to uh, <laughs> to uh, to get it out there. Anyway, listen, golly, man, so much good stuff. Uh, and like I said, if you missed, uh, well, we did some ads there, but tell you what, we're going to get Paul Whittington up here on the line with us. That's that's just the best thing to do, and uh, and talk to our friend and just. Uh, uh, go ahead and get him up here in line. Let's talk about NASCAR. Let's, uh, we're going to start out though with, uh, talking about some, uh, high school football. Uh, and, uh, da, 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 da. Paul Whittington, by God, tell me you're on our Spence automotive guest line. By God, I am on your Spence automotive guest line. That is great news, man. Already. I don't know what in the world. Uh, I don't know what happened there. It's, uh, 
the Comrex was connected, the Wi-Fi puck was connected, but we just weren't going out. So I had to shut everything down and bring it back up. But hey, guess what? People are hearing you live because for some reason we're back up now. Okay. There you have it. Technology knows we're getting ready to start a long weekend, and 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 sounds like technology's ready for Labor Day and ready to watch some college football. Well, there so they're not go. working today. I like it. Uh, I don't even know where to start. We've got I, I because I didn't get into high school football stuff, so I do want to. Uh, I do want to do uh, some of these previews. Do you mind if we do those real quick before we jump into NASCAR and all that? Let's do it. Very good. Uh, what I was saying before uh, we went off the air uh, for the live portion of this was uh, I didn't get to see my boy Paul this week. Uh, we were supposed to do the Wake Christian and Parrot Academy game last night. And <laughs> one of the things that drives me crazy, and you and I have talked about this before, I know, but when people say a game is canceled, but then they say the game is the next day. Huh. No, tell them, Paul Woodington, that does not mean the same thing, does it? It does not. Words mean things, Brian Hanks. And uh, <laughs> if you're if you're going to say the game is canceled, but it's going to happen tomorrow, then the word you are looking for is postponed. And you're right, and that drives me nuts. However, last night's game between White Christian and Parrot Academy has been canceled. It will not be made up. So that does that means it is not postponed. And I got to tell you, and I know, well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I was really looking forward to last night, man. I mean, I was, you know, uh, it, would, it would have been Parrot Academy's last 11-man game. And listen, it, the uh, cancellation is no, it is not Matt Beeman's fault. It is not Parrot Academy's fault. Heck, it's not Wake Christian's fault. Uh, they could not find enough officials to uh, to do last night's game and that or to postpone it to tonight so that is the reason why the game is not being played tonight and i know i was looking forward to it we haven't seen parrot again or haven't seen parrot this year and hey, your thoughts on uh, the uh, the cancellation of last night's game oh man i got i got a lot of thoughts because and we've talked about it on this show before there's uh there's a shortage of officials and when we're in a situation where where kids can't play football because there's a shortage of officials and and it's having its impact. Man, if if you're a parent that likes to scream at the ref, take a good hard look in the mirror this yep. morning and then yep. walk walk over to your kid and explain why they're not playing football tonight. Dude, perfect. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better myself. And you're someone who has officiated, I was about to say dozens, probably hundreds of games through the years. Now, not football, but you've done basketball and you were a, a baseball umpire and official <laughs> for a long time. But you're pretty good, though, aren't you? I mean, you're not one of those guys that have rabbit ears, and I mean, it doesn't. And I'm being sincere. I mean, you don't. Get, it doesn't get to you when you hear that kind of stuff, does it? No, no. Um, I yeah, maybe in my first year of officiating baseball, I was hypersensitive to it. Um, it didn't bother me, but I, I was just I heard everything. Uh, and then over time, you just learn to to tune a lot of that stuff out. Now there are certain people that can say the the right thing. And, and that'll get under under my skin a little bit, but I'll never turn around and acknowledge them. Um, the the one thing that drives me crazy is the people that just don't know the rules. Yeah, and and that's what I hear the most, uh, especially like when I'm behind the plate of the baseball game, or or I mean, shoot anywhere on a basketball court, uh, the people that don't know and understand the rules, and they'll sit there and argue with you, and you just want to take take the rule book out of your back pocket and just throw it at them. <laughs> 
Well, there you go. Well, uh, what that means, us not doing the game last night at Hodges Field on the campus of beautiful Rental Parent Academy. The bad news for uh, Matt Beeman means he is now off for two weeks. I mean, uh, they played last week against uh, Northwest Halifax, won that game 49-26, to and now they are off until Friday, September the 8th. Uh, so, uh, what, uh, a week from today. Uh, <laughs> hey, Keith Spence, you got, I got to throw this in there. Just messaged me and said, that was a bulk, Paul Whittington. We'll learn your rules, Keith. <laughs> I thought that was good. But uh, Matt Beeman and Rental Parrot Academy, they are now off until next Friday when they'll travel to Richlands to take on Liberty Christian for the first time in uh, in school history. So uh, the games, are, uh, we will, and again, uh, I'm not going to rehash everything that uh, uh, that Jason said yesterday. You know, J- Did you know Jason hosted the uh, guest hosted the second hour of yesterday's show, dude? Oh, that's right. He had the house to himself. I forget about that. How about that? How crazy is that, man? It was awesome. I've heard nothing but good things. I listened to him for the 20 minutes while I was driving to uh, the place I had to be yesterday, and uh, he sounded great. You know what? I hope this isn't a Wally Pip situation here, dude. Love it. I love it. There you go. Great job. Great job, Jason. Yeah, he did. He did awesome yesterday. But long story short, we are not doing a game this week. Uh, we, uh, like I said, just Jason explained it all yesterday. We're just unable to do one tonight with, uh, everything that was going on. So, but there are some great games going on. And, uh, to me, the game of the night in our neck of the woods here, Paul Whittington is Kenston, who is one and one, uh, traveling to Aiden Grifton, who is two and oh, and by the way, just got a message from coach Paul Cornwell. He will be joining us, uh, here at the, uh, in fact, when we get done with you and, uh, about 29 minutes, about about 50 minutes into this first hour, we'll uh, hang up. It'll be the Paul and Paul hour. How about that, uh, Whittington? It'll be uh, Whittington and Cornwell. We'll be talking to Coach Cornwell for a couple minutes about this big game that we're getting ready to talk about here. And, man, Kenston 1-1 one and, one and Aiden Grifton 2-0. and oh. I, I don't think there was anybody on this planet, Paul Whittington. I, yeah, I'm not going to speak for you, but I can speak for myself, and I can speak for the greater prep football world Nobody thought Aiden Grifton was would be two and zero after two weeks into the twenty twenty three season, especially when you just saw how that program had just fallen into disrepair. They didn't win a game last year. I mean, and when I say they didn't win a game, Paul, I'm talking about they got blown out in a ton of games last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they came into the season with a twelve game losing streak, and all Paul Cornwell has done is lead him to a 2-0 and record this season. Uh, for, before we get to Kinston, let's talk about the job Paul Cornwell has done there. Uh, how impressed are you, Paul Whittington, with what Paul Cornwell has done with that Chargers program? Well, I can't wait to see him live, and I, and I hope we, or ho- I hope our paths cross at some point during the season. But, but it is impressive. You know, you go back to, like you said, a year ago, uh, they were not a good football team. They were not a good football team at all. Uh, and just, they were outscored. 406 to 118 God. and and finished the season 0 and 10 0 and 6 in the conference uh, it was just not a good year and to your point I don't know that anybody was anticipating a 2 and 0 start from the Chargers but I mean congrats to them and I and I think it says a lot about the kind of coach that that Paul Cornwell deserve or, or that Paul Cornwell is rather and uh the uh the kind of the kind of response that he gets from his players so it's it, it's outstanding. Con- congratulations to the Chargers, and I don't know. Let's see if we can keep the streak going. 
Well, uh, it would be against our Kinston Vikings. I, I say it our. Your, your alma mater of the uh, – who is really can they have really dominated this series over the last little bit. Let me get those numbers for you here. They have won five of the last six times that they have played uh the Chargers, including uh da, 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 there we go. Including last year's thirty eight to fourteen victory uh for uh the Vikings. Uh and again, I mean, uh, the, all three years that Paul, or three seasons, I should say, since we had the 2020 uh, spring season in there, but all three uh, seasons that uh, that that Paul Cornwell was gone, Kenston dominated them to the tune of uh, here. Uh, what's 88 and 38? That's uh, what 126, right? A lot. Yeah. Uh, they've outscored them 126 to 20 in the last three years that mm-hmm. Paul Cornwell was gone. Uh, the overall series is tied nine to nine. So this will break the tie of the overall series, which goes back to 1973. They played each other from 73 to 76, then, uh, 87 and 88. And then they've played every year since, uh, 2013, including, uh, you know, Ryan diesel Giesman's very first game <coughs> against Aiden Grifton is the worst loss in Kinston football history, 76 to nothing. Uh, back in 2013 that uh, Aiden Grifton and Kinston played. And, uh, again, the, the worst loss in Kinston High School history. Uh, again, Kinston has Is dominated. That, Go ahead. Was that not worse than the J.H. Rose loss? Yeah, it was because J.H. Rose loss was 70 to nothing. Was that 70? Okay. Yeah. I remember that game. I was at that game. I remember that evening vividly. Ugh. Well, I tell you what, now you're talking about the 70 to nothing loss. Hold on. You're, you're going to make yeah. me look this up, which I, God knows I don't mind whatsoever. Cause I love looking this stuff up. That was, would you believe that 70 to nothing loss against uh J.H. Rose? So what year would you help me here to find the year? That would have been your senior year, right? No, 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 no. Um, it was somewhere between 2002 and 2005. Okay, hold on. I'm looking it up. So I think it was Clay. I think it was Clay was still in the band. So I think it was either three, four, or five. Give me a second here. I, this is great radio, isn't it? As I'm looking up uh, numbers here. Uh, da, <laughs> da, da, da. Let's see. <coughs> oh yeah, here we go. Keith Spence, who should be listening right now, he was just listening a couple of minutes ago. He covered that game for the Free Press. It was August the twenty second, two thousand three. Look at you there, uh, Paul Whittington. A 70 to nothing loss to Rose at home. And uh, Keith Spence will tell you at the end of that game, Lonnie Baker was coaching that game for Kenston High School. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, uh, yep. man, I wish I had Spence uh, up here on the line with it because he's got some great stories about that, how Lonnie Baker was ready to resign at the end of that game that night. Uh, in fact, I, I'm not so sure he didn't try to turn his turn in his resignation that night. Would you? But here's what's crazy about that season, though, Paul. They lose that game the second week of the season. They lost to North Lenore the next week after that, too. So they're, so they're one and two, okay? Uh, yeah. Kinston is. What did they do? One, two, three, four, five, six. Went on a six-game winning streak. Uh, ended up losing to Wes Craven, but finished nine and four that year and went to the second round of the state <laughs> playoffs in a season where they lost 70 to nothing to check this out. How do you have a season like this? You talk about going back in history, but Hey, it's 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Paul, they lost to Greenville Rose wow. 70 to nothing. Okay. Lost to mm-hmm. North Lenore, which you've done very, very rarely through the years. 
They lost to Wes Craven that year, 53 to nothing. <laughs> Yet they go nine and four in the second round of the state playoffs. Dude, I, I don't know how to make that make sense. I, <laughs> I just, I remember, like I said, I remember that game vividly. And I, I'll just, Kinston kicked off. Jay Rose had the first possession. The, the ball gets kicked off, and the guy goes virtually untouched all the way to the end zone. Okay? Yeah. So, Jay Rose kicks it off. Now we're like seven seconds into the game. Jay Rose is up 7 nothing. Jay Rose kicks it off, and Kinston catches the ball, starts to return. Guy gets popped. And the ball comes out. Jay Rose picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown, and the guy gets to, like, the one-yard line and just does a, a front flip into the end zone. <laughs> and now now we're 20 seconds into the football game, and Jay Tro's got a 14 nothing lead. God. That is – I don't and, think – I've, and, ever, I've and, never and that, seen that. I've never seen that, dude. Not that no. quick. It was, it, was, it was right then where it was just, like, all the hope on the Kinston High side was just gone. Wow. Just gone. Well, like I said, what an amazing season when you look at just and even statistically uh, everything they did. They in the and in the second round. Well, do you remember this? How? Why? What was special about the first round of the playoffs? Do you remember when they took on Southern National on November seventh, two thousand three? I, I do not. I dare say you were probably at that game. I'm guessing, but uh, that was Julius Pepper's alma mater, and he came from mm-hmm. uh, Chapel Hill to the game that night. Because uh, I went down and interviewed him because uh, I had covered the ACC and I had covered Julius Peppers for a couple of years. And I went mm-hmm. over and uh, pulled out a little story out of him to uh, print in the free press the next day, too. But So Julius Peppers was at that Southern Nash at Kinston game on November seventh, two 2003. Then the next week, they have another home game against Goldsboro, a team they had beaten the regular season, and then they lose to them in the playoffs. It was just... That was one of the weirdest seasons. Again, you're nine and four, and you think, man, nine and four, and you did. You had a good season, but that includes a seventy to nothing loss and a fifty-three to nothing loss. I mean, that how do how do you do that? You know, it's it's tough. It's it's tough. Uh, Lonnie Baker was a great coach. Yes, um, he was. He so, was. Uh, I'm I'm glad he stayed around. Uh, he was he was a little fiery at times. <laughs> a but, little fiery. Um, <laughs> uh, but. You know, he, like I said, he was he was a good coach. So I'm I'm glad he didn't resign. I'm glad he stuck with the program and and got those kids back to the winning ways. But but well, that was a team. I I remember I, I remember a lot about that Jay Rose game, and that was just a team that uh they they were just like it was like they were afraid to hit. Yeah, like they were afraid to tackle. Well, Jay Rose was at the top of their game then, but uh. Well, you said he yeah. didn't resign. He did not resign that season, although the next season he did resign, uh, what, seven games in the season. But you know what? We won't dredge any of that up. Do you remember that situation? Uh, very very vaguely. Yeah, some accusations and some yeah. uh, some bad yeah. stuff. But he did resign the next season. But that, like I said, that's a conversation uh, that uh, hey, we're talking all positivity this morning here on the Brian Hank Show. Got Paul Whittington on our Spence Automotive guest line. We need to bang through these because we have got to talk some NASCAR today. I did want to give you a chance. Uh, again, you said something about uh, Paul Cornwell. Man, that game we did last week, which you were on the sideline of, Green Central at Kenston. Uh, what a game, man. Kenson jumps out to a 21 to eight halftime lead. And in fact, uh, what it was, uh, 15 to eight or 14 to eight or whatever it was maybe even in 
whatever the score was. And then a bit, one second left. Yeah, you know what? I'll let you talk about it. One second left in the first half. And then Kenston ends up, when you look at the final score, scoring the game-winning touchdown, essentially, there on that last play of the first half, Paul. Yeah, it was uh, – I have it written down right here somewhere. Uh, it was 8-8, eight to eight, I believe. Yeah, it was, it was an 8-8 eight eight ball game. Uh, the last touchdown had been scored with six minutes and 20 seconds to go in the first quarter. Uh, and then we saw a series of, of punts on turnovers on downs. And then we, we get to the end of the second quarter, and there's one second on the clock, and Kenston takes a shot at the end zone. Uh, uh, I, I didn't write down who who – who caught the who caught the pass and and it, but it was like from like what 20 30 yards out uh took a shot of the end zone with one second on the clock uh hauled it in there was maybe a little uh a little questioning was he in bounds but from where i could from where i could sit or from where i was sitting rather i, I could tell it's opposite side of the field uh and then they came on kicked the point after 15 to 8 heading or 14 to 8 heading into the locker room wow no 15 to 8 it's written right in front of me. <laughs> How big was that play? And I'm going to listen. I'll, we'll huge, asking, yeah. I will be asking uh, Diesel that when we have him in the second hour. But, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, it provided the final margin of the game for sure. But, I mean, that was a huge play there at the end of the, of the first half, wasn't it? It certainly was. And, and I won't give away any secrets from the sidelines. But, uh, you know, we, we talked about it throughout the broadcast last week. Uh, the coaches over there at Kinston are nothing if not students of film. And they were able to, they spotted something on film and decided to decided to take a shot at the end zone, and, and it worked out in their favor. But it was a huge play uh, because, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Kinston had the um, had the ball to start. No, Green Central uh, was, was receiving. So kick, Kinston had to kick to start the second half. So being able to get that momentum going into the locker room now, now with a, a one-score lead was, was huge for the Vikings. There you go. So 15-8 to eight at halftime, they go on to win that game. And I'm telling you, uh, that final four minutes, four or five minutes or so of regulation was insane, wasn't it? It certainly was. It was it, – it, it turned into a game of whoever has the ball last is going to win. Uh, and, and just the final, the final fourth quarter or the fourth quarter was just incredible, uh, just – Trading scores, trading, <laughs> trading big plays, trading big moments, trading big stops. Uh, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. A, a really, really, really good game. You had a close, and this will be because we've got to get to these other games. But uh, you had a close-up view of this uh, Copper kid for uh, Kenston, uh, and he is. Tell you what, he play. He was a starter last year as a freshman. He's only a sophomore this year, and uh, we've been told, listen, look out for this kid. He's going to be one of the state's best players. And he is living up to the hype, isn't he? He certainly is. Uh, and I think it was him that caught that, that yep. touchdown pass. It was, yeah. The first half. yeah. So um, he is, uh, he is fast. He can, he can move around the football field. He can, he can break away from defenders. Uh, he can, he can find space to, to get open and he can catch the football. Uh, he's, he's a great player and, and it's going to be fun to watch him, watch him grow at Kenton High. Hopefully he continues to get better. Absolutely. Okay, that was last week's game. Kenston at Aiden Griffin. By the way, I will be sending out a group uh, a group text to uh, you and uh, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith and to Keith Spence 
and to uh, Jason Bryant here probably when we get off the show today because we got to keep our picks going. Uh, I, you know, Jason wants everybody to know he went five and zero last week. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he did. Good, yeah, good he work. Did. Good work. Yeah, he did. So if I remember, I don't have them. Do I have them right here in front of me? Uh, uh, I don't think they're, I do. They're written on your. Uh, they're written on your. Uh, <laughs> your ad reads. You know what? You were writing. It's right here in front of me. How about this? Uh, uh, Spence and uh, Jason now lead eight, eight and three, uh, and you and I and Coach Smith we're all seven and four. So we're all separated. All five of us separated by just one game going into. Uh, tonight's games but uh i'll be getting that and obviously like i said we we will not be doing a game tonight on bet on the bull or on 9 60 a.m here so uh we'll be getting our picks and hey maybe i'll put them out on twitter or something like that to uh to let everybody know where we stand okay uh but i want your thoughts kenson aiden grifton who you heck you can go ahead and give us your picks right now if you want to dude how do you feel on that game i'm not ready to give out all the picks yet <laughs> but i i i don't know um i I look at the way that Kenston played last week. They certainly had a had a great week. Um, I, I am a little concerned. Not not concerned. Concerned is the wrong word. Uh, we we saw Green Central's defense in the in the first game of the season against North Norah. It, it took them about a quarter to really get going. Yeah. Uh, and then we you go back to last week, and, and you know they shut down North Norah after the first quarter defensively. You go back to week or week two of the game against Kinston last week and that was a defense that struggled. Uh was Kinston's offense as good as they were last week or was was Green Central's defense just not up to to Jay Wilson's expectations? Uh and, and it could be a combination of both, right? Uh so so I'm I'm curious about tonight with, with what Aiden Grifton's been able to do and was that really a, a true test for Kinston last week? Uh, I, I just don't know the answer to those questions, but I'll go out on a limb here and take Kinston tonight. There you go. Uh, and I think that's probably what I'm leaning to, too. But uh, like I said, we'll get that out there. Okay, let's let's bang through these games coming up here because I definitely want to – we've got to get some NASCAR talk in today. Uh, CB Acock, they are 2-0. and They're at North Lenore, who is 0-2. Uh, this was one of the games that was scheduled to be played last night but had to be moved to tonight. Uh, it's been a good series. They started playing each other in 1964, uh, ACOC and North Lenore. This will be the 41st game in their, uh, in that series. They played each other every year from 64 to 88, then in 01 and 02, and then 2005, all the way through 2016. They renewed the series last year and, uh, North Lenore 17 and 23 overall against, uh, ACOC. Now, like I said, uh, a the golden Falcons, have beat Rosewood and Eastern Wayne this year. And, of course, North and North has had uh, two big losses to uh, Green Central and Farmville Central. Yeah, just real quick, your thoughts. Uh, we did see North and North week one uh, taking on a traditional uh, rival in CBA cock tonight. Yeah, uh, I, I, lean, I lean, by the way, of, of CBA cock. Uh, I think North and North is getting better. They're, they're just not there yet. Um, but excited to see how North and North progresses. Uh, you know, they – they showed flashes of, of, a, of a team that had improved significantly year over year uh, going back to the game against Green Central. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed uh, that, that they continue to get better, but but I just think they're not there yet, and CBA Cock gets the win tonight. There you go. Uh, Dixon out of Holly Ridge travels to South Nor. Now, Dixon's played two really good teams this year. Let's not get it. They're 0-2. South Nor is 1-1. The Bulldogs of Dixon, they lost at East Duplin 37-7 to in the opening week. But, Paul, 
That game was a one-score game at halftime, not in the first quarter, but at halftime. And uh, East Duplin pulled away, like I said, for the 37-7 win. However, last week, Dixon just got uh, their butts handed to them by Topsail, 52-6. to We know how South Lenore has uh, done. They had a closer than, in fact, held North Johnston to only 120 yards of offense, but lost 22 to nothing in the first week of the season, then just rolled over uh, Jones Sr. last week. Uh, and here's a stat for you. Check this out, Paul. I, uh, they played each other for the first time in 1964, Dixon and South Lenore. Uh, so they played in 64 and 65, 85 through 88, then 93 through 96. Check this out, dude. South Lenore is nine and one all time against Dixon. How about that? No, how about how about that well, stat for you there, dude? That's impressive. I, I would not have guessed that. Uh, me either without looking at it. And like I said, they have not played each other since 1996 going into tonight. Uh, but uh, Dixon at South North is going to be uh, the Blue Devils' first game at home uh, this season. Uh, your thoughts on that game? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't really know a, a lot about either one of the teams. We haven't seen them yet. Uh, looking forward to seeing South North here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but um, nine and one, man. Maybe, maybe I just go with the record here. I, I think South. I mean, from what I know about South Lenore, they're they're a team like North Lenore that's also improving. So I'm not ready to make a pick yet. But uh, I, that's that's why I didn't want to make all my picks yet because I, I kind of want to see how Jimmy feels about a couple of these games. Because <laughs> if if he's listening right now, he's he's just coming up with his strategy because he knows how I'm picking. But I mean, uh, I'll be cheering for South Lenore, but not ready to give the pick just yet. There you go. Okay, uh, Green Central at wilson Banningfield. another one of those games that was scheduled for last night that had to be moved to tonight. The Rams 1-1 one one, coming off that just heartbreaking loss at Kinston last week. And, uh, hey, give credit where credit is due. They were down 21-8 to early in the second half and battled all their way back to take a 29-28 lead Late in the game, uh, however, uh, Kenson came back and, uh, like like we've said, won at thirty four to twenty nine. But Green Central one and one taking uh, traveling to Wilson to take on Beddingfield. The Bruins have uh, had their intra county uh, game so far. They lost to Fike twenty one to twenty, then lost to Hunt twenty seven to seven. In this all time series, Green Central has uh, this will be the twenty uh, sixth matchup between Green Central and Beddingfield, dating back in a series that goes all the way back to 1978. And uh, Green Central's 8-16-1 all-time against Beddingfield. Uh, your thoughts on that game tonight? Yeah, I, you know, if I know anything about Jay Wilson, uh, it's that his teams don't lose two games in a row. Nope. Uh, if, you lost, if you lost the first game because you just made a lot of mental errors and kind of stupid mistakes, uh, I'm, I'm sure they spent all week kind of, kind of firming some of that stuff up in practice, uh, firming up any, any shortcomings they had against Kinston. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a much different team tonight. And so I'm going to pick green central. I agree with you wholeheartedly there too. Last game. And let's, let's give it, it's 30 seconds. It's it needs poor Jones senior who, uh, I've heard differing reports that they have between 19 and 23 players on the team right now. They're zero and two. They've been outscored a hundred and four to nothing in the first two games of the season. Paul going to uh, to uh, North Duplin, who is two and zero. They've won their two games by a total of three points. But uh, I think it's going to be another. Uh, I think it's going to be another tough game for uh, the Trojans of Jones Senior. Uh, your your quick thoughts on that? 
Yeah, they're they're just a team that they struggled last year. They're struggling again. Not a lot of turnout over there in Jones County. Uh, you just hate to see it, yeah. but it's just is what it is for right now. Hopefully, uh, you know they continue to drum up interest, uh, starting with the middle schoolers, and and that translate it translates into more players down the line uh, in, in a couple of years. But it but it seems like you know that's what we had last year. It's what we got this year, and it's probably what we're going to have for another at least another year. You're absolutely right. Okay, uh, listen, we don't pay Paul Whittington to uh, talk uh, about high school. Wait a minute. Well, we don't pay him at all. But, but uh, <laughs> I was about to say, who, ha- who have you been sending the check to? Uh, there you go on the Brian Hanks show. Uh, now, now we do for the Friday night football coverage, but uh, not on the not on the Brian Hanks show. We uh, we have him on here to talk NASCAR and what an exciting finish last weekend. I, I hate you and love you at the same time, Paul Whittington, because. You have got me glued to my freaking TV on Sundays now watching NASCAR, okay? So much so <laughs> that I'm really thinking about, uh, you know, getting the YouTube TV experience, whatever, for uh, Sunday ticket. But I think over the next nine weeks, not nine Sundays or whatever, ten Sundays, or especially when the NFL season starts, dude, two of my TVs are going to be on uh, NFL games, but, dude, one of my TVs are going to be on a stupid NASCAR race because we're in a in the championship race, dude. Real quick, last week's uh, final uh, uh, race of the regular season, it was exciting. It was built up to be exciting, and it was all the way down to the last lap, wasn't it? It certainly was. That's what you get at Daytona, right? It's, it's a wild card race. We bust these cars up so close together, and, and they put on a great show. Uh, congratulations to Chris Busher on, on getting the win. His, his what third win over the, over the last four or five races. Uh, that, that team is, is on fire right now. Hottest team in the garage area. No doubt about it. Uh, was a little surprised that Brad Keselowski didn't try to make a move coming up off of turn number four, uh, there in that first dog leg before you get to the start and finish line. I was a little surprised that we didn't see the six try to make a move and also a little, a little kind of disappointed. Brad Keselowski doesn't have a win yet at RFK Racing, but uh, he certainly had an opportunity to make a move on Chris Buescher, but it could have honestly ended uh, a chance at both of them getting a win. So I understand why he pushes his teammate, but a little surprised, like I said, that he didn't make a move. But just uh, an overall a, a good race, received a, a lot of good feedback uh, on the interweb. If you follow Jeff Gluck and you see his poll, it uh, had like a 97% or something like that approval rating from – from NASCAR fans that vote on that poll. And uh, just um, glad to also see that folks like Ryan Blaney and Ryan Priest uh, came, yeah. came out from their, their crashes okay. Well, I'm going to need a minute on the Ryan Priest crash here in a second. But uh, what I did yeah. want to say is just it, it was. I wonder how much of it was, and I thought the same thing that you did. I thought Keselowski was going to go up or down or something. Instead, he, he pushed his uh, not just his teammate, but he's a part owner of that team. So, don't you kind of feel like that maybe he thought he won too? I mean, with his, it, it was, that was his car that won the race last week. Yeah, I mean, Brad Keselowski was was super excited, and and you know he's he's been Chris Busher's biggest cheerleader every time he's gone to Victory Lane this year. And you know, like we said, last what three, three or three of the last five or four races, Chris Busher's been to Victory Lane, and so Brad Keselowski's super excited about that. Um, and he showed it after the race on 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 Sunday or Saturday rather, because you know Brad Keselowski was out there at Victory Lane celebrating like he had just won. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but this is a guy that also doesn't have a win, and, and you see it all the time at Daytona, and it's what kind of causes those big wrecks that when you're coming to 
coming to the checkered flag, people duck out of line and they just try to make that last minute move and, and cars get squirrely and people end up in fences with their feelings hurt. And maybe, maybe that's why he just continued to push. But, but also, you know, we followed Brad Keselowski's career for, for how many years now he's been in this sport. He's always a guy that's known to be aggressive. And I don't want to say, I'm not suggesting at all that he's lost any of his competitive edge or, or anything like that. But man, I was just really, really, really shocked that he didn't put a move on Chris Buescher to try to win that race. This is a guy that doesn't have a win going into the playoffs and, and is, and is somebody that is in danger of a first round exit. So I just didn't make any sense to me that he didn't at least try to just poke out a line and see if there was a run that he could have uh, to, to propel himself to a victory. We're not going to have time to talk because I need to get you off the line here in a couple of minutes so we can get Paul Cornwell on the line here. Uh, so we'll, we'll skip the Ryan Priest talk unless you can do it in 20 seconds left, but still a scary, scary, scary crash. I won't, I'm more concerned with going into Darlington, who you consider uh, the two or three favorites to, uh, to to win the whole championship. And here's on the flip side, who do you think will get – there's going to be somebody that essentially is going to get knocked out this week. I know there are three more races, uh, and if, as long as you win, you make it to the next round, et cetera, et cetera. But who do you – you know what? Give me one racer who is going to solidify their chance of making it to the final 12. Who is one racer who is going to uh, essentially knock themselves out, Paul? Yeah, so that that's tough. Um, I, I – I like William Byron this weekend, and the reason that I like William Byron is just because of how well he's run at this racetrack in this next-gen race car. You know, he went to victory lane here earlier this year in the uh, in the in the spring race. He ran eighth in this race one year ago, and you go back to the spring race last year. Now Joey Logano goes to victory lane and and has a dominant car all all day, led some some like 140 laps in that in that race, but. It was, it was William Byron who had the strong, strongest car, I thought, at the end of the race when it mattered most. And, um, you know, they, they have their collision over there in turn three and four right in front of our seat, Brian. And, uh, yep, yep. and Joey Logano drives around and, and William Byron doesn't, doesn't maybe get the finish that, that he deserved in that, in that race, but he was strong all afternoon. So for three races in a row, William Byron has had a top 10 race car. Uh, this is a track that, the 24 just drives well at. So, so I like William Byron this weekend, and I think he makes himself a serious championship competitor this weekend. Somebody that could end their championship hopes this weekend. Uh, you know, I, I don't say this to, to be funny or, or throw any shade or anything, but I mean, Bubba Wallace has the, the least amount of points going into this. Yeah. He's only got 2,000. That is the minimum. He didn't win a race. Uh, he doesn't have stage wins or, or anything that propels him. He's 36 points below the cut line. That team can ill afford a bad run this weekend. If, if, you know, they, they are, it is possible for them to point their way in to the round of 12, but they need strong runs and they need other people to have not strong runs, right? Uh, and, and if he gets caught up in, in any sort of incident on the racetrack, it basically turns into a must-win situation going into the next two races. Well, there you go. Well, uh, listen, I know you're up against the clock. I am, too. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning, Paul. Real quick, baby update. I cannot let you go. 30 seconds, baby update <laughs> for Paul and Sam Samantha. 
Yeah, we're, uh, we're, it's, it really feels like any day now. Sam made it to September. That was the goal. Uh, they have given an induction date of Friday, September 15th at 8 p.m. <laughs> Wait, uh, so what? I have, I have all day on the 15th to look forward to that, <laughs> uh, which is going to drive me crazy. It's like, it's like you're, you're getting ready to fly home and you're at like your cousin's house or something. You, you're not doing anything because you know you have to go to the airport shortly and you're going to wait around all day long. That's what it's going to feel like, but we'll try to get a little work done that day. Uh, but we'll be on the sideline with you that night. I know that yeah, for sure. That it is. Hey, you know what? You've got no better excuse. That is awesome, man. I love it. I love it. Hey, Paul, thank you well, so much. Well, you know, I, real, 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 real quick. Yeah. I, I said this yesterday. You know, there are drivers in NASCAR that have babies and they're at the racetrack the next day. They have a baby on Saturday. They're racing on Sunday. I just don't see why I can't do that, but Sam said no. I <laughs> love it. Hey, Paul Whittington, thank you so much. Uh, baby Watch 2023 with Paul <laughs> Whittington. Hey, we'll talk to you soon, sir, uh, dude. Yeah, man. Have a good one. There you go. That's Paul Whittington. And let us immediately get uh, Paul Cornwell up here on the line with us. We've only got a couple of minutes with him, and uh, we want to make sure we get our uh, our money's worth out of that, too. Uh, but again, thank you to Spence Automotive for being the sponsor of our Spence Automotive guest line. He is the reason why we're able to get Paul Whittington up on the line. And now Paul Cornwell for a couple of minutes here. Coach, I feel like, you know, you've come on the show with us the first two weeks of the season. And not that I'm trying to take credit here. You've known me for 20 years. You know, I would never try to take credit for anything, Coach. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you know, I, I'm not super <laughs> – superstitious but uh you know it doesn't hurt to have uh keep a good routine so we're okay with it there you go i like that super superstitious that, that's awesome right. real quick coach uh, we talked to you on monday uh following uh your big win at martin county and uh so we're not going to rehash that i just want to give you an opportunity we're going to be talking to diesel here in about 10 minutes uh just uh, as you guys get ready for uh to me the biggest game in our neck of the woods tonight is uh, Kenston at Aiden Grifton. You guys 2-0. Uh, Kenston coming off that big win against uh, Green Central last week uh, where they had to come from behind in the last few last few minutes to win that. I wanted your thoughts on that. You've had a chance to see that tape. What did you think about Kenston's efforts against uh, Green Central last week, Coach? Well, I thought they um, – well, I thought defensively they played extremely well. Then they really got after the football and they kind of took away some things that Green – wanted to do and then offensively they made some big plays and uh they just uh you know they they put together a great game and they got got the plays when they had to have them so you know they're coming around i know they struggled a little bit in their first game but they seem to put it together in the second one so uh you know coach geisel's got a good football team they got a lot of talent and um and as usual they're always well coached so you know it's uh it's going to be a battle for sure well, I mean, one of the things that I've really enjoyed watching since uh, Diesel got to uh, Kenston High School and, and in your tenure at Aiden Grifton, it really has been a mutual admiration society. Heck, he was one of your assistant coaches uh, in the East-West game a couple of years ago, too. So I know you guys got to know a little, got to know each other a little bit better then, too. But I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about Coach Gieselman and uh not only what he means to Lenore County football, being the winningest coach in Lenore County history, but what he means to Coach Paul Cornwell. Well, you know, we've kind of know each other over the years. I mean, I was here when he first got the job at uh, at Kenton, and and uh, we we were in the same conference for a while. We got to know each other, and then as athletic directors, and then 
you know, so he's a great guy, high character guy, family guy. Um, you know, I think we, you know, we're a lot in common with those facts. And then when I got opportunity coaching East West game and he was, uh, he was on the staff, you know, I was very excited to get a chance to work with him. And, um, unfortunately he didn't get a chance to do offense in the game because I had only, I didn't have a lot of defensive guys on the staff. So I asked him if he would go on the defensive side and he was very gracious about that and would go and coach wherever he told me he'd do whatever. And, uh, and he was, and, and it was a great fit. And, um, but, uh, he, he is one of the sharper young coaches in our area. I've always told people that, uh, if anybody, you know, I wouldn't want him to leave Kinston, but if, if I was at another school, uh, and I was in a high profile program and I was looking to hire a head football coach, he would definitely be at the top of the list. So, um, you know, I, I, I think he's great people and, uh, he, he, you know, he's like his teams are always prepared. Uh, Kenson's always going to have athletes, but he coaches them and he develops them. And uh, there's a lot to be said for that. And what I've I've said this often, and the thing, like I said, it's a mutual admiration society. He thinks the world of you. I can't wait to talk to him in here in a few minutes. And I know he's going to say a lot of the similar things about you. And for the worst loss in Kenston High School history, November the first, 2013. A seventy-six to nothing loss uh, right there at Aiden Grifton. Uh, what do you remember about that game, Coach? Again, that was Diesel's very first season at uh, Kenston High, and and like I like to say, for someone to have that kind of a loss and still admires you as much as he does, there's something to be said for that mutual admiration society, uh, whatever thought there. But what do you remember from that game ten years ago, Coach? Um, well, it was a night where everything kind of went right for us and not so much for Kenton. So it just, uh, we had a a team that, uh, had had a lot of injuries that year. We were starting to come back. We knew we had a good football team. We just had a lot of people out early and it all, and they all kind of started coming back at the same time. So it was kind of a perfect storm. Kenton had just come off a big win against Goldsboro. And uh, we had, we had had a lot of rain that week. There was some question of whether we were going to play, and uh, I think that it just was it was just a perfect storm in our favor, and it just uh, it got rolling, and and um, it, you know just kind of fell apart for them. But you know it's one of those things where I, people would ask me, well, how do you you know how do you win seventy six to nothing? I said it was probably the most boring seventy six to nothing anybody's ever seen. I uh, said so we didn't even attempt a single pass the entire game. I said, but um, but it was it was messy. The environment definitely uh, favored us, and, uh, and and we just we just made plays, and so it was just one of those nights. Like I said, it was a perfect storm for us. Well, we will not be doing a uh, Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show. It, everything messed up uh, with the weather and everything being postponed. So this will be my only chance to ask you this here, Coach Cornwell. Keys to the victory tonight against uh, Kenson to improve your Chargers to 3-0, and sir? Well, you know, we definitely – we can't give up the big play. They're, they're a big play team, um, you know, and if we do, we have to limit that and um, we have to be able to respond if we do those things. And we and we just – as in most cases, we just can't beat ourselves. So if, if we can get out and not turn the ball over and give up extra possessions and, and, and do those kind of things, you know, we, we just want to be in the fourth quarter with a chance to win it. And that's kind of where we've been the last two games. And, uh, we're learning, we're still learning how to win. And, uh, so that's, that's the goal tonight is let's get to the fourth quarter with a chance to win it and, and we'll see how it falls.
Well, very good. Listen, I, I told people in my monologue, I didn't even hit you up until about 10 minutes before this show began this morning. You, as always, graciously given your time. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck in tonight's game, sir. Okay, thank you, guys. There you go. That's Paul Cornwell uh, from Aiden Grifton High School. As we're wrapping up the first hour of today's show here on the Brian Hanks Show, uh, again, I want to thank uh, Paul Whittington. Uh, he was up against the clock. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Baby on the way and all that. And then Paul Cornwell there. The Paul and Paul Show here on the first hour of today's show. So coming up in our next hour, you're going to hear from Ryan Diesel Gieselman from Kenston High, Will Harrell from uh, South Lenore. Both of them have big games tonight. Uh, here in our neck of the woods, you are listening to the Brian Hanks show presented by Lenore community college.